Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here this morning. Uh, This is week three of Rise Up. Uh, For those of you that are new here, watching online for the first time, we're going through a series this month talking about the people of God rising up. What would it mean? What if the people of God were to rise up? I, I don't have to answer. I mean, I don't think that question is one that I don't know how to answer. I don't think it's one that you don't know how to answer because we have answers to that question because we've seen the what ifs answered here at the NAS for the last 60 years. There have been a people that have risen up and God has answered prayers through them And because of that, you have stories. People have stories. Those of you that may be new here, you might not know all those stories, but the longer that you're here, uh, the more you'll hear some of those stories. Uh, Some of the stories have little things with them, mnemonic devices that kind of help us remember what happened. The church has always done that sort of thing. Back in the times of stained glass all the time, before we had the printing press, churches would tell the stories of God the faithfulness of God through stained glass. So that when you came to church, you'd stand by these stained glass things and you would teach the children the Bible stories because they didn't have Bibles in their hands. Uh, There are times where we read in scripture in the Old Testament where the children of Israel are told to set up things called Ebenezers. Uh, Ebenezers are things that kind of rise up to remind you of what's going on, of what's happening, of what God has done. The fact that children of Israel cross over the Jordan River and uh, God tells them each one person from each tribe, go get a stone and begin to set these stones up one on top of the other so that whenever your children pass by this way and they see these stones that are standing up, they would go, what are these here for? And you can tell them about what the Lord has done and my Ebenezer is not gonna be very faithful. So I'll leave it just like that for now. Some of you have Ebenezers in your own life, things that have happened, things that have taken place where God has spoken to you. How many of y'all can look back and there's, there's something that's happened to you and there's a memory that you associate with it and so whenever you hear a song, that song reminds you of that moment. There we go. Uh, how many of you all have something you literally hold on to that you've kept in your house. It's probably, for most people, like a piece of trash. Why don't you throw that away? But you can't throw it away because it reminds you of something. How many of y'all have something like that? Okay, and you hold on to it, right? Not because it's valuable, like worth money, but it's of value to you, right? Uh, This week was in in, uh, the life of Melissa and Dale Benson. This is Smiley Face Heart Day. It was a few days ago for me and Melissa. Um, she's, she's dying when I tell stories like this. It's a, this last week was four years ago, the first time we connected with one another and started talking. And so we'll tell you later what Smiley Face Heart Day means, but um, it's one of those things. And she said, happy I met you day. And I'm going, no, 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 this is happy Smiley Face Heart Day. We're not changing the name of it. This is what this is. We do these things so that we can recall what happened. Well, the people of God did these things so that they would, could recall what God had done. God would say to them, set these things up and remember. Pieces of geography received their names that way. Jacob wrestled with the angel and then finds out it was God 
and names that place Bethel, the house of God. Because surely, wrestled with God and did not know he was here. And he sets up a stone. There's a place in Shechem where after the children of Israel had conquered the land and they began to go take over their areas where they were going to go, Joshua brings the entire nation together at a place called Shechem. There's two big hills. And in the middle of that valley, he set up this big stone and had the people shout the commandments of the Lord back and forth to one another. It's right after the passage you're going to hear Pastor David preach next week. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Actually, he's going to talk about be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. And once they've conquered, it's, hey, shout these things back and forth, and they set up this huge stone. The stone is still there today. It's broken in half. It got pushed over because some archaeologists thought that's not the real stone. People need to quit thinking about this stone, and so he pushed it over, and it's broken, but it's still there. Because this stone heard what was said, and it's a, a testament to what God had done and because of God's faithfulness. Let these things be recorded so that a generation not yet born can praise him. So in Psalm chapter 102, Psalm chapter 102, if you have your Bibles with you, if you um, have one of the Bibles we give you here at the church, it is um, right in the very middle of your Bible. If you have a, a New Testament with Psalms, it's probably at the back of the book. And uh, if you have a phone, you know how to find it, right? Okay. So in this Psalm, it's like many of the Psalms. The first part of the Psalm starts out with the Psalmist whining about how horrible things are and how terrible things are getting. And it is so bad here. And God, why don't you just wipe us out? God, why don't you just, you ever been there? You ever had one of those weeks? Yes, thanks to some of you, some of you raising your hands already. Yeah, we, we have those moments, and the guy's crying out and pleading with God. And then he begins to say, in, in verse 12, the, the whole mood of the psalm shifts, and he begins to say, but, but you, God, you know what's going on. Look down on Jerusalem. See your people. We know that you have promised you would come, that you would heal, that you would bring peace. We know what you were doing. We know that you keep your promises. In the midst of all the craziness of the world that we live in, we know that you are God. Um, ironically, this passage of scripture was chosen months ago for this Sunday. Who would have thought about what was going on in Israel right now? Can we take just a moment again and pray for what's going on over there? Father, we come before you right now and we pray. As we did last week, those of us who are children of Abraham by faith, Pray for those who are descendants of Abraham by blood. God, we pray that you'd be over in all that's going on there in Israel. There in the Gaza Strip, the Golan Heights, all those areas, Father, that you would bring peace. God, there is harmless or harmful, senseless killing going on. And Lord, we don't know how to implement in that particular area, things like, we've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but you tell us to pray for our enemies. Lord, how do we work that out in this situation? So Lord, we come before you and ask, give us wisdom. Be with political leaders. Be with military leaders. Lord, be with people that are working. Be with our soldiers. Be with men and women that are in harm's way. 
God, we want to pray for the peace of Israel. We want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We want to pray that you would help us as your people to continue to not only pray, but to fight for the peace of that region. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done right there, just like it is in heaven. All these things, Father, we ask and pray in Christ's name. Amen. So as we continue on in this, in this particular passage, as he's prayed for the peace of Jerusalem, as he prayed for what happened, he, he gets down to verse 17 and the writer says this. The writer says this in verse 18. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. We want people to know about what God is doing. We want people to see what God is doing. We share these stories with our children. Pastor Bailey used this uh, Ebenezer, these Cairn stones at times to talk a few years ago about our kids that are graduating and how we have built into their lives the principles that they need to go out into the world so that their lives actually become living witnesses of who God is. Uh, we've talked about child dedication and uh, a few years ago I preached a sermon where we held up a jar like this full of little glass beads. And this glass bead jar has in it all of the weeks of a life of a child from birth until age 18. Some of you may remember that. Those of you that weren't here, if you go to, uh, if you go to the child dedication class, if your child's gonna be dedicated, you'll hear about those beads and how you intentionally realize those beads are going away week by week. I remember when I preached that sermon a few weeks ago when I walked into the child dedication class, I had a jar and I held it up and I was explaining. I was like, oh, the jar's here. We're still talking about the jar. And I said, I remember we had a jar um, that had how many weeks I had left with my daughter when I preached this sermon. And then somebody looked at me and said, that's Brooke's jar. And I lost it. <laughs> like, why, wait till I'm done with the class. I don't need to do that now. Brooke's beads, though, are all gone. In December, Brooke will graduate from college. I've got one son left at home and 30 beads left with him. I'm losing my marbles. I know y'all, that's what y'all are thinking. I am. How am I intentionally into the life of my kids? How am I intentionally into the life of your kids? Building those stories intentionally week after week so that these things will be recorded in their lives so that a future generations, people not yet born, will praise the Lord. Why do we do a lot of the things that we do here at the NAS? Why do we have a childcare? Why do we have a school? Why do we do all the next gen ministries? Why are we talking about the things that we're doing here? So that a people not yet born can praise the Lord, our future generations. Uh, a few months back, Pastor David knew his sabbatical was coming and he began praying about what he was gonna do. He took that over the summer, his sabbatical, and one of the things that he realized is as the executive pastor, he was still holding on to next-gen ministries. He wasn't, a, he wasn't uh, wanting to let that go. And God began to show him, and if you're gonna do the things you really need to be doing for the church in this next phase, this has gotta go. This has gotta move on to someone else. And so over sabbatical, as he kept praying, there's someone here at our church in our ministry that their ministries continue to 
to thrive and grow as we're reaching families, moms and dads and kids. And so I'm going to ask Pastor David if he would escort Shauna Suman up to the platform. Uh, last week, our church board, uh, I nominated uh, Ms. Shauna to the board, and um, Shauna has been elected as our new director of NextGen here at the NAS. Can you welcome Shauna to the platform? <laughs> Pastor David, I'll let you share with us how we're going to pray. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to pray here in just a moment for Shauna, uh, but man, uh, it's been quite the journey, and uh, many of you, I've had the privilege of having your kids in youth ministry uh, and seeing them in the children's ministry, grandkids and stuff like that, but uh, I wrestled with the Lord, and I said, God, this is my baby, and he reminded me very quickly, that's not true, uh, that it's his, right? And uh, we have someone that incredible here in Shauna Suman that's going to uh, take the lead, and she's already started doing that. You need to know the entire team is behind her, um, and they're excited, and uh, we're excited about Family Fun Fest coming up, too, so we had to plug that. But go ahead and uh, stretch your hands out like this. We want to pray over Shauna and her family and her ministry, uh, but let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, we thank you that we get to be a part of a church that is for the next generation, God, that is for the unborn and those that don't even know you yet. And so, Father, I pray that you would continue to bless Shauna and her ministry and her leadership. Father, we thank you that you've guided her to this place. Lord God, that you would use her to reach people for you, God, reach families for you, God, that there's going to be kids in the kingdom of heaven because of her ministry. And so, Father, I pray you pour out your blessings, God. I pray that you would send the lost. Father God, I pray you would be with her as she leads this team. God, fill them with life and energy and focus, God, and an ability to hear your voice and your spirit. Father, I pray you would be with Shauna and Eric and her girls. Uh, God, bless the entire family, God, as they step into this new call of ministry, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them, you would protect their home, and we ask this in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you. Can we give Shauna a hand one more time and welcome her into this role? I'm so excited to see what, uh, what God is going to do, how God is continuing to move, how God is continuing to work in our midst um, through Shauna, through the ministries of our next-gen team and all that's happening there, God is doing uh, some very awesome things in our midst. And, and I, I don't want to go too much further, though, as we talk about future generations and the next generation uh, without talking about something that's probably um, going to be a little bit different for some of us to hear from me. Um, I, for those of you that are new here, I avoid politics like the plague. Um, I don't like talking about it. I've actually had people get mad at me because I won't tell them um, how I'm registered to vote or what to do. And so I always ask you all to pray. I always ask you all to go out and educate yourselves. I may give you a, a variety of websites to go look at. Uh, but there's an issue that's before us now as a people that is serious. Um, because it's not a political issue, it's a moral issue. I'm sorry I didn't... <clears throat> Issue one is an issue that as, as a church, as a people, um, I know people stand on all ends of the spectrum on pro-life and pro-choice, and I know sometimes we have dividing lines there, but in truth, there's a, a broad spectrum. As a church, as a people, uh, we believe in the sanctity of human life, that life begins at conception, and that that is a life. 
And while there are sometimes medical issues or things as a, as a denomination, there's a, we have a big long write-up in saying, but in there we'll make exceptions in rare circumstances where life is at risk. Um, and there have been times where I know some people feel like uh, some of the laws and some of the rules and some of the things in Ohio are, are too far one direction. Um, I would say to you, I've, I've gone out and read, I've studied, I've gone to different websites on both sides of the equation. I've gone and sat where attorneys walked through back and forth arguing over what this law actually meant so that I could educate and hear because I was hearing all sorts of things and some things were very vague. And uh, I would say to you, whether you are um, pro-life or even if you're pro-choice, I have friends that are pro-choice and they've got different reasons for why they're pro-choice and I understand some of their reasons, but I would say to you, this amendment goes so far extreme the other direction um, that as a people, as those who follow God, as those who are Christians uh, here at the NAS, we need to say no. So I'm asking you to vote no on issue one. I know I've never said something like that or told you to vote, but vote no, and some of you may say, well, what do we do with all of that? Uh, there are, there's a table out back with a brochure that'll explain a little bit more about this issue um, and why. Um, I've asked you to do what you do. Some of you may have seen signs around. You may want signs in your yard. I did not realize uh, they aren't going directly to people. You have to get them through your church. We've not ordered them, and so if you want to uh, go back there, there'll be sign-up sheets. If you want a sign, to put the sign in your yard, and we will get those ordered this week, and they'll be here later in the week, and we can get in contact with you um, regarding that. Um, so I'm going to ask you, if you would, to pray with me, but I'm going to ask you to pray with me about a number of things. Pray with me about this issue, but I also want you to pray with me because as a pastor, just like some of the commercials you've heard, I too have sat with, with families that have struggled with this decision. I've struggled with them both beforehand and afterhand. People that have made decisions on both sides of this. And there is hurt and there is pain and there is questions all the way through that. That's why as a people of God, we support as a local church, the Pregnancy Decision Health Center. That's why uh, the fostering care program, uh, uh, the bridge ministry here at the church that we've talked about that helps people begin to foster children, um, why those things are important to us. So I'm gonna ask you, get involved, be active. And I'm just gonna you would to bow your heads and pray with me this morning. Father, we wanna come before you and ask that you would move. Seems kind of weird to talk about praying for a future generation of people not yet born, that they would be able to praise you without talking about this. So God, move in and through us. Help us in everything we do to do that with love and care and concern, realizing that there is hurt and there is pain in all of these situations. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful, to reflect you as we vote. Lord, we'd be also faithful to love those who don't agree with us, that we'd figure out what that means, how to care for, love those that are struggling, those that have, are dealing with the fallout and loss. And God, help us to reflect you in everything we do. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Sorry. Um, I thought I was going to cry to another part. This one surprised me. 
as we move forward talking about these future generations and things that we build up, things that we take stands on, things that we want people to know. Uh, one of the things that, that happens is the ministries that are here, the sports, the outreach, the school, the, the child care, many of the ministries you all are involved in touch lives in ways that you can't even imagine. During Rise Up, while we've talked about buildings, I think some of you have wondered for a long time, why haven't we talked about this? Uh, why didn't we talk about these things that were going on, these buildings that needed to happen? It was because I wanted us to stay so focused on the people that we were ministering to. Not only our people that are currently here and those in our community, but those yet unborn so that they can praise the Lord. There are people who come here all the time and we want this to be a place where people can feel like they belong even before they believe like we do. So we have all kinds of ministries that reach all kinds of people who become a part of the family, who are a part of us, uh, who are all on our different walks of life in different places. I wanna share a story with you though about a family that's here that their life's been changed so much that they kind of put a dot on the map and drew a circle around it and said, we're not leaving this place because this is place is a place that speaks of God so that people yet unborn can praise the Lord. Watch this with me. Well, I'm Kelly. I'm Don. And we are the Polings. And this is our home that we are trying to build <laughs> someday. Um, God willing, this will be a, a beautiful place for us to share with our family and friends and maybe even have a church gathering here and a revival out there in the in the pond, who knows? <laughs> My journey actually started, I was um, working for Nationwide Insurance at the time and um, juggling, you know, getting up, taking your kid to childcare and doing all the things. As I started being home full time and was dropping the kids off at school every day and seeing all the other parents volunteering and doing all the things that looked fun and cool, I started to do that. So I got to be there all the time for my kids, so much so that um, they offered me a job in the lunchroom. <laughs> and uh, then eventually years passed and the athletic office job came open. That's how my journey got me to the school and then obviously just more involved into the church as well. There was a men's group being held and, and Neil invited me to that group and said, hey, it's really simple. We don't really quote scripture. It's just knucklehead dads, which the title itself said, okay, that's the, that's the arena I'm gonna fit in. In that, that time frame, you know, you're still pretty guarded, um, really not quite at a point where I'm willing to talk about all the things that are happening that give you, you know, give you pause, whether it's your, your relationship with your wife or your kids. But I got to listen to Neil and started to just kind of enjoy the idea of, it was almost therapeutic just be there to have dads who were walking a walk that was so similar. We understand better, at least I do, how important that church is. And if I look back at the 20 something years of where our family is, it is such an important part of how they've been raised and what we believe in. And we believe it'll carry forward, we really do. We think that our children have a faith-based life that's gonna be wrapped around Christ. And I'm absolutely convinced that if you don't get them there early, it only gets harder. Now that we're in this next phase in life, we just really want them to love the Lord as well. And especially at such a young age when we know that that's possible. We know that it's possible to instill all of that into them 
given the opportunity. And and, yeah. and for us, watching what's happening with Rise Up, you know, I've, I'm envisioning those, my grandkids being such a part of that in some way, form, or fashion, whether yeah. it's the sports or the after-hours activities or the events that are happening there. And so this, to me, is what we're doing or what we're about to embark on is gonna be so critical for the life of our church. So we we are anxious to see that happen. It can't come fast enough. Okay? And, and it's a construction project, which you know, you're looking at one that always enjoy those. We were going to embark on a remodeling of our own home. And uh, you know, it's at that 25 year period, you know, things are breaking, how much do you? And uh, that started a process. And when we went through that process, we realized this really wouldn't be worth it. We can't end up with what we want. Well, I'd taken her to a couple pieces of property that I thought were kind of ideal in the spot for us, so I just she didn't seem all that interested. After several times of doing this, uh, she said, hey, I like what that is, but we're not gonna be, ever be more than 15 minutes away from the NAS. And she took the thing and said, you're gonna be within this circle. This is where we can find a piece of property. I needed to be close to the NAS because that's where it started for for me and for us. And we knew that you'll break relationships if you get too far away. I think our cars can autopilot over, we're so close, right? And you would lose that ability. And so that was how we landed on, we do need to stay within that circle uh, yeah. so that we keep our connections. There's a lot of important relationships um, right here in this vicinity that I personally would not want to lose. I know he wouldn't either, so it's, it's important that we're close. I will say to the to the dads that are out there, the, the parents who maybe started where I did that doesn't have a walk or a journey, tear down the garden. Uh, it's, it's very easy to judge and to see that and wonder um, what happened that they're not connected. And if you're willing to, to give the idea of faith a, a view of, we're not meant to understand everything. And if you're kind of a person like me that's this type A that wants to know, it's very hard to accept, but if you can get past that, it is a much better life. My advice would be just, first of all, invite the Holy Spirit in. Um, that's what I do each day, and that's where everything comes from, because um, I know that I can't do this on my own. And you need to trust in what God's telling you, and just to really listen to what He's telling you, because Life is hard, but it can be so much better if you just let him in and let him do his work. Because that's the only way I get through this every single day. And I'm also surrounded by beautiful, beautiful people and a church that is just there for us and a school that has been there for me and my kids and my husband. That's why the NAS is so important to us individually and as a family. You saw that house, you, see, you guys probably see a house. Wow, that's a pretty house. I see an Ebenezer. I see something that says, God has done so much in our life and been so important in us. We're gonna stay right here. Would you welcome Don and Kelly? Would y'all stand real quick for us? Should I say Kelly and her knucklehead husband, Don? Thank you. <coughs> Why do we do the stuff we do here at the NAS? Why do we have sports ministries? Why do we do this? things where people come and gather together. Uh, you may be like Don, Don's already said you may, you may be like me. <laughs> that uh, I, I, he didn't get started here because, oh wow, I'm gonna go grow in Christ. Started here because his kids were here. Started here because his wife was here. You may be in that boat, you may be just, I'm just coming to come. 
I hope you can listen to what Don said also, that at the end of this journey, my life now revolves around Christ and I'm getting way more out of it than what I'm giving. Don and Kelly are so involved in this um, and what's going on with Rise Up and we're, what, what we're wanting to see happen because of the impact it's made on their life. But what touches me more is they're going, we want other families to understand this and know this. This is how God has blessed us and so here's how we're gonna help bless others. But if you're in here today, you may be like Don. You may be saying, I'm not, I'm not sure about all that. I'm gonna ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes one more time. We're gonna pray. This is not the typical salvation prayer we have you pray, but I'm gonna ask you to pray right now. If you're at the spot where you're just saying, Lord, I, I want something different in my life. God, I don't even know that it's you, but I'm willing to start exploring this, I'm willing to start taking those steps. If you would just say that to him in your head, you may even wanna speak it out. Some of you may not want to speak out loud right now, but when you get outside or get in the car, say those words to God. I'm willing to start taking the steps toward you if you'll show me. There may be others of us in here today who as we received communion a while ago, you thought I, a God that died for us, a God that was willing to shed his sins for me, or shed his blood for me, for my sins, I want to follow him. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me. You can echo this in your heart. Say it out loud. Father, just forgive me of my sins. I want that relationship with you. I want to know the peace, the joy, to know that there's a place where I can be with people who are going to love me, support me, help me move forward. Come into my life. Change me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, we have a gift we'd love to give you. It's a, it's a new believer's Bible. You can just stop back at the next, at the new steps, or next step station back at, by the rock wall. Uh, we believe the decision you've just made is very, very personal, but it's not meant to be private. Share it with someone there with you on your way out. So, proclaim these things so that a future generation not yet born, people not yet born can praise the Lord. What's that mean for you and me today? Uh, what it means for you and me is we get a chance and an opportunity to be a part of something. Sometimes we stack stones. Sometimes we literally take concrete blocks and begin to build things. I've already mentioned this building here, for me, whenever I look at this worship center, um, I don't see a worship center. I see an Ebenezer to an experience that happened in a barn down in Cincinnati where church staff and church board members prayed and the Lord came and a vision for this was given so that a people not yet born could praise the Lord. It was recorded and it was built. This is the way we recorded what God had told us to do. The things that we're getting ready to do now are Ebenezer's. They're not, it's not a field house that we're looking at. It's not a shelter house. It's not a playground. It's not a, it's not a baseball field. They are those things. But when I see those things starting to come up and those things starting to change, what I see is people that have taken the opportunity to say, I'm gonna be a part of what God is doing. So that when people drive by and they go, good grief, why do they have that there? Why do they have that there? Say, let me tell you. It's so that people that don't know God yet can come to know him. That they can share about the things that God has done. And so through that, there are little Ebenezer moments because when you all see this, you know what I see? I see stories. 
I see stories of Fred and Terry Phillips, who when this was built, decided to say, you know what, we're gonna take our down payment on our house and we're not gonna get a house. We're gonna put the down payment toward the building of this building. And God miraculously worked in their lives and within six months, uh, somebody had worked out things for them to be able to still get a house, even though they'd given their money here. There's a story of another couple, I won't share their name because they haven't said I could share it publicly, but they, uh, they were a new uh, young couple. They had just saved up enough money for two recliners. And their first Sunday here, we were still meeting over in the gym. Their first Sunday here, the church was talking about this building. They took the money for their recliners. They looked at each other and said, I think this is supposed to go to this. They're going, well, it's our first Sunday here. Well, I don't know what we're supposed to. So they, they put the money in the offering. That next week, the husband got a bonus that he didn't know was coming that was more than what his wife made the entire year. And he said, we got to take that and put it forward. I grew up in a church that had something called faith promise. It seems like the easy man's way out um, because I keep praying and the more I keep praying, I pray inside the box. I know how much money I make. I know how many bills I have. I know Pastor John told you last week he's giving up cable. I've already given up cable, so I can't give up cable. I don't know what else I can give up. I was thinking inside my box trying to go, what what am I going to do? And God brought back to mind something we would do called faith promise. Faith promise was kind of a, sounds like a deal you make with God, but it's, it's a covenant, it's a promise. A woman at our church, uh, one of the churches I grew up at, she, uh, she was a painter, she was retired, her husband had passed away, she was a widow, so she lived on a very small pension. So she said, I don't, we were raising money for missions to help people around the world come to know Christ. And she said, I don't, I don't know what to do, I don't have any money, I don't, so I, she just said, Lord, if I sell any of my paintings, all the money from my paintings will go um, to the missions thing. And she said, I usually sell like one a year, maybe two a year. She said, all this year, this last year, she said, I didn't tell anybody what I had promised, what I had pledged to God. She said, I've been painting four to five paintings a month. It's like a full-time job in my retirement now. But this is what I was able to do because God was faithful. There was another man in our church that uh, the company that he worked for had said no overtime. For four years, there'd been no overtime. Nobody could work overtime. And that was always how he made it. That was always how he had extra. So he said, I haven't had any overtime. So the way I'll know it's you, God, is if I get overtime, any overtime I get this year will go towards this missions project. He came to our pastor after six months and he said, can I change my deal with God? He said, because I'm the only one they're giving overtime to and I'm working 60 to 70 hours a week and I never see my family. (laughs) said, I went from that to that. So I was praying, thinking, okay, God, I've been in my box, but what do you have out here that's not in my box? If you own it all, then what's out here? So I don't go and preach a lot of different places. When I do, um, I just tell them, just pay my travel expenses. Um, I get paid a salary by the church, so you don't need to pay me. I'll just take vacation week and come there and speak to y'all. Um, and so there's other times, there's other things that happen. And so on Wednesday night a week ago, um, as I was praying and just saying, okay, God, what, what is it you're wanting to do? How can I think outside the box and, and what is it you want to do in and through me? Um, I said, okay, um, Lord, if I get asked to go speak somewhere or go consult at a church or do something like that, any of that money is going to go to rise up. That's what I'll do with that. And um, I hadn't even had the chance to talk to Melissa about it yet. Not wise, don't do that. Talk to your spouse. Not because she got mad. 
just because it's always a good principle. So that was Wednesday night at about probably 11 o'clock midnight that I was praying. Thursday afternoon, I got a call from one of our denominational leaders, and um, which usually means I'm in trouble. And so, so I thought, oh, okay, great, I got to take this call. So I took the call, and he began talking to me about wanting me to be a part of something, leading in our denomination, doing something. And I said, man, I appreciate that so much. Um, but there's, I've got some other, I know other people that are better qualified than me. Here's some people you might should talk to. And he said, no, um, I felt led. I've been praying, and you're the person. So we argued for a little bit, but he's b- bigger than me. And so I said, okay, um, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. He said, okay, great. So he began to explain to me what was going on. And what I would be doing each month, how much time it would take, how much time it wouldn't take, all those trying to sell me on it. And he said, I'm really glad you accepted this before I told you this next part. He said, this comes with a monthly stipend that's going to pay you every month for doing this. He said, so you'll pick up some extra money. And I said, no, I actually won't. (laughs) And he just said, you need to know, here's what I prayed last night. I said, so all of that money is going so to future generation, people not yet born can praise the Lord. It's going towards rise up. Now, I'm telling you that because sometimes you get this card. If you have this card, if you don't have it, the ushers I think have some, you can raise your hand, they may be able to bring these down to you. Uh, We've been passing this out every week, they're back at that rise up table and some people have said, I don't know what this means exactly, what is this? I see all these numbers and weekly doesn't add up to monthly to that end total. So the 18-month total is how much you would give over the 18 months of Rise Up. So start at that end column. And if some of you get paid monthly and so you want to give monthly, this is the amount that adds up to that monthly. But every, week, every month doesn't have four weeks. So if you get paid weekly or biweekly, you can go to this column. You can go to the nas.church slash rise up and go down to the little button that says pledge. And there's actually a computerized thing there where you can put in the amount that you want to give over a certain amount of time and it'll break down how much per week or how much bi-weekly or how much monthly, however you decide to do it, that, it will, that it will, you will give over that amount of time. Now, you've seen all kinds of numbers and people have asked, what's the actual amount we're trying to raise over this next 18 months? The actual amount we're trying to raise is $3.8 million above our regular tithes and offerings that would take care of these extra buildings so that God can continue to reach a people not yet born. And many of our kids are already here. So I've asked you, take the card home and pray about it. Pray about what God would have you do. And some of you look at those numbers just like I did. I'm going, "Ah, I know what I already give. If I'm going to give over and above what I give, I've got four kids in college. I've got all these things. And so God God did one more thing in my life. Uh, A few weeks ago, some of you heard me say a couple weeks ago that I am... had been praying about giving up some things or selling something, and God was saying, no, no, no. So I'm going to tell you a story. This is what we'll end on today. As a 16-year-old boy, I bought my first car. It was a Carmen Ghia convertible. Before you're impressed, it had no, you could see, that's not the car. Take that car down, because that's not it. <laughs> the car I had had no floorboards. You could see the ground. Um, it had a, I tell you, it was a convertible. But it's because it had no top. It, there was nothing there. It was just open. It was just... So we, we, I found one at a, a place up here in Ohio that had been wrecked, got a top for it. It was, it was in my homecoming parade. We rode around in it, right? I get to sit on my car, 
had a friend driving it. The horn just goes off. It stalled three times. This is the kind of car I had, okay? What I wanted was, now show the car. This is what I wanted. Well, a few years ago, Brooke's getting her first car, and my kids, what I do with them is say, you, you're going to save this much money, and I'll match however much you save up to this amount. So Brooke's looking at her car. Connor's going, what kind of car could I get? And I said, well, you can get a used Civic or something like that, or you could get a really old car. We could work on it ourselves, fix it up. And he said, like, what? I knew, like, what? So I showed him. Well, bad news is prices had gone up on these things. I'm like, oh, we can't afford them. Connor saw this one. It ran, everything was okay. It didn't look like that when I got it. It was all full of putty and all kinds of stuff, but it ran, kinda. So I told him, okay, we'll bid on it up to this amount, knowing it's worth twice that in the shape it's in. Anyway, long story short, I got it for less than that amount from the guy. People here at church helped me fix it up, helped me get it painted. It looks, it looks pretty. It's a nice car. Some of you have seen me drive it around. But you'll also hear me say, I bought it for Connor, but Connor realized it's got a, a Volkswagen engine in it. It's not really a Porsche. Um, that's, it's a car that Porsche made to help get young people into their brand for really cheap. Um, so it's got an air-cooled engine, so there's no air conditioning, no airbags, no power steering, seatbelts barely work, no emergency brake. I'm selling this in there. I mean, it's a great thing. So we begin working on it, getting it done, but Connor decides that's not for me. So if some of you see me driving around, I say, I've got this for a steal, but I don't know why I have this. I think I'm gonna sell it so I can pay off the kid's college. So that way, that's how my kids are gonna get through college. Well, God's helped me be frugal enough and with some other things, been able to get the kids mostly through college. I thought, well, this is for retirement. That's what it's for. It'll help me catch up on my retirement. The other day as I was praying, God said, no, this car is so that a future generation, not yet born. And I'm going, no, God, that's not what it's for. And God said, you keep telling people you don't know what it's for. I'm telling you why you bought this car six years ago. You bought this car, and I helped you get this car for next to nothing. So that when you sell it now, what it's worth is going to go to that. So here's the title, here's the keys, and it's the churches. Because it's more important to me that an Ebenezer be raised, that a future generation of kids not yet born can praise the Lord because of what God has done. I don't know what you have yet. I don't know what you have, and some of you may be saying, are you asking us to sell our cars? I'm not asking you to sell your cars. I had somebody come up and say, hey, I'm gonna buy it from you. And I said, if you have enough money to buy it, then you should give that money to rise up. And they didn't like that answer. <laughs> I'm just easy. What I'm trying to tell you is, God's put it on my heart that we need to reach this generation. These things that we're doing are gonna help us do that even more. Pray, keep holding on to that card, keep praying. On October 29th, we're gonna take these things in. God may be calling you to do something way out of your comfort zone. He may be calling you to give up your 16-year-old dream. He may be calling you to do something bigger. I don't know what he's asking you to do, but I know he's asking us to do that so that 
our children and their children and their children and others, people who children we don't even know can proclaim the goodness of God. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, be with us today as we prepare to go. That as we take these cards, as we pray over them, that Lord, you would speak to us. I don't know what you're gonna call us to give. I don't know what you're gonna call us to do. I don't know how you're gonna speak to us. And I know for some people sitting here today, probably some of the things I just shared were tough for them to hear. But God, I pray that here in Grove City, kids that we don't even know their names yet would come to know you. That God, people would enroll their kids at Grove City Christian Child Care, Grove City Christian School, or bring their kids to Next Gen stuff, or bring their kids to Upward. And along with them would come knucklehead dads who don't even know what they're getting into. But that one day they would stand up and be able to say, my family's gonna revolve around the things of Christ. I'm gonna allow God to guide and direct our family. God, may that be true in each of our lives today. All these things we ask and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'm gonna ask you to hold out your hands before we go. And I'm gonna ask you to receive a blessing. And here's the blessing I'm gonna ask you to receive. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. But more than that, as you pray, may the Lord fill your hands with dreams and visions of what he can do in and through you, of things that aren't even in your hands now, that if he brings them to you, you will see that they are used as Ebenezer so that other people can come to know the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go in the grace and peace of God and his family. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.